There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. What's going on, everybody? I am Bishop Kevin Foreman. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Bishop Kevin Foreman Leadership Podcast. We are helping leaders to go further, faster. I want to encourage you to go to harvestchurch.church, get our mobile app. If you don't have it, there's tons of life-giving music, messages, and more that you can access and get your hands on. I also want to encourage you, if you're not a member of the Harvest Leadership Network, to connect with us. It's totally free at the time of this podcast to join. Go to harvestchurch.church forward slash HLN or just go to the website and you can click on Leadership Network. Uh, we connect with leaders from arts and entertainment, business, education, family, government, media, and of course, the church uh, to empower them. Every leader needs a leader. Every general needs a general. And it is my privilege to be able to empower leaders um, to do what they do. You emp- we empower leaders to change regions, to seize the harvest. Whatever sphere, those seven spheres you are in, whatever sphere you are in, you are literally placed there so that you can get God the glory in whatever you do. And number two, to expand his kingdom, his influence, wherever you are. So I want to encourage you to do that. Listen, if you missed this year's Harvest Conference, it was amazing. Stay connected so that you don't miss next year's. It's going to be absolutely amazing and all the different events that we do for those that are connected to uh, Harvest as well as the Harvest Leadership Network. So you want to make sure you avail yourself to that. Don't forget, uh, I like to hear how God is working in the lives of people that I influence and people that I lead. I run into people everywhere I go. I say, Bishop Foreman, I watch you or I get the podcast or I watch the lives. I get the messages. I come to Harvest Church. My friends shared it. I Whatever it might be, I get the text. I get all of that. And I like to hear how God's working in your life. So please, in our app, just click on the button there where you can share a praise report <clears throat> and share a praise report with us about God is working in and through your life and how he's using Harvest and how he's even using me to influence your life. I treat it a privilege and I treat it as a great honor to be able to do what it is that I do. All right. So please make sure that you share that. Lastly, before we get into today's talk, which is going to be good, uh, I want to encourage you be a blessing to what blesses you. I have the privilege of being able to influence leaders that are fledgling, meaning they're just starting up, they're just getting going, to leaders that are uh, multimillionaires, leaders of Fortune 500 corporations, to guys that are just getting started, to women who are just getting started, to those that are OGs, right? They've been in their particular sphere for a prolonged period of time. 
And there's one trait that I can see in all of them um, that are successful. You want to know what it is? They bless what blesses them. They are givers. They sow into what helps them to go up. So you sow up to go up. And I want to encourage you to do that. How can you do it? There's a few ways. One, you can use the cash app, Harvest Church Give. If you want to send it to Harvest Church, if you want to send it to me, is what we call a love offering. You can do that at Bishop Foreman One if you want to use the cash app. You can send it via mail, uh, P.O. Box 441004, Aurora, Colorado, 844. You can also um, just go online, harvestchurch.church forward slash give. You can use PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, those three methods. Um, it's hello at harvestchurch.church or Harvest Church Give. And then, of course, my favorite way to give, everybody that watches Harvest, you know, my favorite way to give is text to give. You just simply text the amount to 84321. You'll click um, put in Harvest Church in the zip code 812. When you see that V, bam, you'll know. There it is right there, too. You'll know that's where you're supposed to be. Bless what blesses you. And let us know that this is impacting your life. Also, if you listen via the podcast on iTunes, leave us a positive review and let others know uh, how the podcast is impacting your life. I want to see you do well. If you've never had a cheerleader, if you've never had support, if you've never had anybody in your corner, you need to know that you have that in me. And I am rooting for you. I'm covering you in prayer. And I want to see you do well and what you set your hands to. All right, let's get into it. So here it is. Today's talk is so good. How to handle criticism. Whoa. How to handle criticism. Here's the facts. If you are a leader um, or if you are a creator, you are going to deal with criticism. So we're going to jump in this today. Let's pray first. Father, in Jesus name, we bless you. We honor you. We thank you, sir. For this great and awesome day. This is the day that you have made and we shall rejoice and be made glad in it. And so today, God, we thank you for this incredible, world-changing, history-making leader. And I pray that over these next few minutes, as I share, that you would speak life into them in such a way that they would have what they need to go further faster. I pray that you would empower them to change the region that they're in. If they're in Denver, if they're in Atlanta, Chicago, Miami, Newfoundland, uh, Los Angeles, wherever they're at, I pray that you would empower them to go further. And in addition to that, Father, I pray that I would speak with clarity and giving them strength for their journey. Let them feel support as they are listening to this uh, video podcast and the audio podcast today. Let them feel support in what they're doing. Let them know they are not alone. They've got somebody that's rooting for them. I'm rooting for them. And most importantly, Father, you are rooting for them. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Let's go. So um, in Genesis chapter 12, verse number two, there is this famous passage where God speaks to Abraham. Abraham uh, is often regarded as the father of uh, the faith, the father of Christianity. Interestingly enough, um, uh, that same title is bestowed to him for both uh, Islam and Judaism. Now, what's significant is God makes him this promise in Genesis 12 and verse 2. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you. The first thing you got to understand as a leader is that God wants to make you great. And in making you great, he is doing it not just for your glory, he's doing it for his glory. See, when your focus becomes God and not just what you're working on, you will become much more effective at what you work on because you realize I'm doing this for a greater purpose and a greater reason. If a leader doesn't have a great why, they will never, ever endure a trying what, all right? 
I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you. Bless means to empower you to prosper, to do well, to be whole. Prosperity is not cash, cars, and clothes. Prosperity means nothing is missing, nothing is broken, nothing is lacking, all is well. Every leader, write that down. Tap it in your notes. Nothing is missing, nothing is broken, nothing is lacking, all is well. I will make of you a great nation. Uh, and I will make your name great. That means the reputation about you should be great. And I just need you to open your mouth, please, and release your name. Say your name. Come on, say your name. Your name, God says, I want to make that name great. I want the report about that name to be one that's good, that you have good business practices, that you have good integrity, that you're excellent, that you do what you say you're going to do, that you're persistent, that you're consistent, that you have follow through. He says, I'm going to make your name Great, which is amazing. Then he says, so that you will be a blessing. He wants to do all of that so we can be a blessing. And when we understand that, we learn that in Galatians 3.29, we find out that the same thing God promised to Abraham, he promises to us. So everything I just read and everything we just said, it also applies to us today. Great, hear me leader, doesn't mean no gutter. In fact, it means despite the gutter, that life is still going to be unusual. This is what great means. First rate, very good, more than, mighty, and far beyond average. See, great means this. Unusual, first rate, very good, more than, mighty, and far beyond average. So when God tells Abram, I will make of you a great nation. I'll make your name great. He says, I'm going to make it so that it is unusual. There's something about you that's unusual. People see it, you see it, everybody knows it. There's something about you that's first rate. Other people are settling while you're saying, mm, let's make it better. That's because he's making you great. Very good, more than. You are more than what you've been through. You're more than the challenges that have come against you. You are more than what has tried to knock you down, block you and stop you. Here it is, you're even more than the people that wanna see you fail. You're more than that, mighty and far beyond average. Now, in the Bible, there's this man named Nehemiah. Nehemiah starts his journey as a cupbearer. And I've taught about this before in messages and in, even in leadership podcasts a bit. He's a cupbearer for the king, and he's eventually promoted to become the governor, who, and he rebuilds a major part of his city, the wall that surrounded his city that was destroyed by fire in 52 days. Now listen, leader, his story is just like ours. And before we see his great, we need to see his gutter because people begin to ask him, how is he going to do this great work? And he declares these great words. You ready? He declares these great words in Nehemiah 2.20. Then I replied to them, the God of heaven will make us prosper. And we, his servants, will arise and build. They said, Nehemiah, how in the world are you going to get this done? You are a cupbearer. You don't have general contractor experience. You don't have experience uh, in, in, in organizing teams this size. You don't have experience in rebuilding something after fire. Just think about it. Think about all of the practical things he was going to have to do as a leader. And so people were introducing doubt to him and he responds, he says, God's going to make me prosper. He's going to cause me to be where there's nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken and all is well. If you're a business owner, you have got to believe that it is God that will cause you to be shalom, to prosper. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking and all being well. Nehemiah chapter six, we begin to see 
the practical challenges that come with being a leader. And one of those is criticism. In Nehemiah 6, 2, it says this, Sanballat and Geshem sent to me saying, come, let us meet together at Hekephirim and the plain of Ono, that they intended to do me harm by saying, uh, uh, um, uh, or it goes on and it says, uh, and I sent messages to them saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? Now, um, he realizes that he's going to, criticism can be a distraction. And for some of you, you allow the criticism that people bring to you to be a distraction. They wanted to take him to the plane of, oh no. And Nehemiah says, I know they want to do me harm. They want to distract me. And he says, I'm doing a great work. I'm not coming down there and leaving the work to come deal with you. Leader, here's a, a very important principle when you're handling criticism. Don't go with them to the plane of, oh no. Instead, you got to say, oh no. Come on. You're going to have to learn how to say, oh no. Oh no, I'm not going to let you distract me. I'm not going to let you defeat me. I'm not going to let you make me think that I don't have what it takes. Um, I'm not coming down. Come down for what? John 14, 12 says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. This is Jesus speaking, right? And greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. As a leader, we're supposed to do greater even than what we've seen Jesus do. And not greater because what's greater than raising somebody from the dead? Not greater in the sense of the quality of what we do, but greater in the sense of the quantity of what we do because we've got more time. We've got more technological advances. We have the ability to do more quantitatively. All right. Look at verse four, Nehemiah six and four. And they sent to me four times in this way, and I answered them in the same manner. Four is the biblical number of creativity, which means this. They got creative with how they were criticizing him. And sometimes you have to be careful, listen leaders, not to read the comments that are negative. Sometimes you got to learn how to delete that. Not because you are creating a tool where people are only telling you what you want to hear, but sometimes people, their criticism is not designed to help. Their criticism is designed to kill. And you got to be like Nehemiah and say, oh no, I'm not coming down. So four times they got creative in how they criticized him. And he said, I'm not coming down. It doesn't mean, listen, it doesn't mean he didn't hear what they said. He just meant, I'm not letting what you say make me come down. I'm not letting the fact that you don't like the taste of my apple pie stop me from the fact that there's a hundred other people that like it. Now, maybe you have a suggestion to put a little cinnamon in it. Okay, maybe I'll look at that, but I'm not going to shut down my apple pie business because you don't like it. Y'all better hear me today, leaders. Too many times you allow the opinion of the minority to uh, dilute the success you're receiving from the majority. There are more for you than there are against you. And as a leader, you have to be careful not to come down. I hear you, but I'm not coming down. I see what you're saying, but I'm not coming down. I appreciate your response, but I'm not coming down. This is so important, especially if you're a pastor, because one person that leaves you or in a business, one person that leaves you, you can think, oh my God, it's the end of the world. It is not. There are 8 billion people on this planet and maybe they're not the right fit for your future. So you've got to not come down. You got to say, oh no, when it comes to the plane of, oh no. Verse five, 
In the same way, Sambalat, for the fifth time, sent his servant to me with an open letter in his hand. Now, this is important because the fifth time, five is the biblical number of grace. It's the number of, of favorites, the number of supernatural. Now, look, he came with an open letter in his hand. Um, and his enemies came at him five times to try to distract him and get him to come down. And his response essentially was, come down for what? I need you to say that. And if you're looking at this on a social platform, I need you to type that. Come down for what? This shows us something very important. Obstacles are repetitive to test our resolve. I'm going to say it again. Obstacles are repetitive to test our resolve. Um, did you really mean what you said? Were you serious about why you started? Are you serious about why you began in the first place? They came at him five times to try to stop him. What they didn't realize is when they came to him five times, he was tapping into his grace. He was tapping into his supernatural because he kept responding the right way. When you were criticized as a leader, respond the right way. Notice he didn't cuss him out. He didn't act a fool. He didn't get mad. He didn't stop his work. He didn't shut down the operation. He said, listen, I'm not coming down. He clearly listened to what they said. He clearly read what they said. He just said, I'm not coming down. As a leader, you got to take the good out of criticism and throw away the rest. Maybe you do need to approach it another way. Maybe you do need to hear it from another side. Maybe you do need to hear from that particular user experience. Maybe you're an app developer. Maybe you do need to hear from that user experience. Maybe your prices are too high. Stop believing this hype that, you know, uh, people just need to respect my value. It's not the, your value in the marketplace is commensurate to what people will pay for. It doesn't mean that you, you lack worth. It just means the value is commensurate to what someone will pay for it. I remember negotiating one time on a property and they said, well, you know, it's this, 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 and this. I said, I appreciate all of that. I said, but it's worth what I'm offering because what I'm offering is what the market bears. I said, so it doesn't mean you haven't put a lot of work into it, but this is business. And for all of you that are involved in leadership, you need to be able to separate you from what you do. So you don't take the criticism personal, but you can look at it and say, hmm, Nehemiah said, I'm doing a great work. He did not say, I am a great work. And why is that important to distinguish? He separate what he was doing from himself. So he didn't make it personal. Do not make criticism personal. Even, listen leader, even if they personally attack you. Sambalat, his name in Hebrew, the language of our Old Testament, it means something that was bad, that died, that tries to come back to life. Something that was bad, that died, that tries to come back to life. Some of the critics that you will have, they will represent things that had died in your life that are trying to come back to life. Unresolved childhood issues, unresolved daddy issues, mommy issues, unresolved issues with your past failures. Secondly, so let's just be clear, Samalot means the past. The second that tried to come against them was Tobiah. Tobiah means, in Hebrew, problems with people. Criticism can make you have a problem with people to where you don't even want to deal with people because you don't want to hear their mouth. Can I tell you that you are built to pour? And so if you cut off your interaction with people, you will stop your pour. You stop your pour, you will become stagnant water. Stagnant water can't be received or consumed. Stagnant water has to be thrown out because it stinks. And you, you're not that type of leader. 
Thirdly, Geshen, G-E-S-E-N. Geshen's name means rainstorm. In other words, everything goes wrong at once. Ever notice that you get a lot of criticism when there's a lot of other things you're trying to deal with? So Nehemiah is dealing with his past, people Sorry. problems, and everything is going wrong at once. Just like my watch just went off while I was in the middle of this, notice, I kept it moving. I silenced it and I kept it moving. And that's what you have to do as a leader. When you have all of this criticism coming at you, what you have to do is not make it personal. Look at it and say, you know, maybe that's a good point. Maybe that's a good point. Maybe that's a good point. I'm not going to stop the work because it, the criticism doesn't deter or take away from my worth. Verse 8 of Nehemiah chapter 6. Then I said to him, saying, no such thing as you say have been done, for you are inventing them out of your own mind. Verse 8 shows us Nehemiah's response to verses 6 and 7, where his enemies begin to try to distract him, listen, with false accusations about who he was and what he was trying to do. And I need you to say this as a leader, the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Sometimes people, when they are criticizing you, there's falsehood in it. He thinks he's this. He thinks he's that. I'm anointed for people that are connected to me for them to get out of debt and for them to do well in business and finance. It's part of how I'm anointed in many other ways. Anointed, what does that mean? I have a grace, I have a favor. That's why people will say, oh my God, I sowed and I saw this. I sowed and I saw this. That's part of my anointing. Wherever you're anointed, you're going to also have attack. Wherever you are gifted, that's where you're going to be afflicted. They began to lie on him because their design was to stop him from building the wall. Notice, when you're dealing with criticism, make sure you're looking at it only from a point of practicality. But I am not going to stop the work because you don't like it. Y'all better talk to me today, leaders. I'm not going to stop building this business because you don't like it. I am not going to stop... Uh, 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 praying for people because you don't like it. In ministry, there are some people who will, you know, make all kind of false accusations about you because they judge you from a picture. I remember one time on Instagram, a woman commented and she said, um, she said, you know, with all due respect, I said, up, oh, she's already coming. If you got to start that way, you're going to get disrespectful. So I already knew. You know, I came to your Instagram and there's no Bible verses on your Instagram. I said, what is she talking about? There's, there's no, there's no pictures of Jesus on your Instagram. I said, what do you mean? The fake pictures of the European Jesus that, that, that have been propagated throughout cultural history, like pictures of Jesus. Why would I have pictures of Jesus? This is, I work, I represent Jesus. Why would I have pictures of Jesus, especially a, an image of Jesus that isn't even historically, uh, culturally, or no culturally accurate or biblically accurate. And so the point was, is that she was just trying to critique for the purposes of saying, uh, she said, it's all about you. I said, well, it's Instagram. It's my Instagram. It's not the church's Instagram. It's my Instagram. Now, I could have engaged in a fight with her and I could have gave her a scripture and I could have, I could have set sister straight. Do you hear me? But let me tell you what I did. I did like Nehemiah. I didn't come down. I just deleted the comment. I, said, I deleted it. And then I said, well, since you don't enjoy it, let's go ahead and block you too. Because you don't enjoy what's on the page. So let's just block you. I'm not going to fight with you. I'm not coming down. Because guess what? There are souls that need saving. There are lives that need changing. There's a gospel that has to be preached. There's so many things that I need to be focusing on besides why you want me to put up a picture of Jesus, which doesn't even make any sense. And you want me to put up a picture of a Bible. 
with a Bible verse. There's tons of Bible verses over my Instagram. What are you talking about? You weren't trying to give constructive criticism because the truth is you've never constructed anything. So I'm not going to engage. I'm just going to delete. And then since you don't enjoy the page, you, you should have no problem not being on it. That was not to say, that, and let me just say this too. Then I thought, I said, okay, all right, let's really look at this. Let's really stand back and look at this. Is there something different that can be said or something different that can be done? And I said, let me chew the meat from the comment because I'm not taking it personal. Let me chew the meat from it. All right. Um, you've got to learn how to do that when you're dealing with criticism. Verse nine of Nehemiah six, for they all wanted to frighten us. Some people criticize you to frighten you, thinking their hands will drop from the work and it will not be done. Sometimes when critics come at you, they want to stop you. They want to frighten you, shut you down, shut you up. But look at what Nehemiah prayed. Nehemiah says, but Nehemiah prayed and says this, but now, oh God, strengthen my hands. Can I get every leader, if you're on social media, to type it. If you're listening, just say it. Now, Lord, strengthen my hands. Come on, say it again. Now, Lord, strengthen my hands. In this, fright means to deter from action by making them afraid. And notice, y'all, he didn't ask God to stop them. He asked God to strengthen his hands. Question leader, are you praying for the wrong thing? Are you praying for your critics? And the people who maybe despise you, maybe even enemies, are you praying the wrong thing? Are you praying focused on them? Are you praying saying, Lord, strengthen my hands, strengthen my hands to keep building this church, strengthen my hands to keep building this ministry, strengthen my hands to keep building this business, strengthen my hands to keep moving in government, strengthen my hand to keep doing whatever it is I'm doing, strengthen my hands to fortify this family, strengthen my hands. I'm not even worried about them because you'll handle my enemies. I ask you, oh Lord, to strengthen my hands. Oh my God. In verse 10 of Nehemiah 6, they threaten his life. Watch. Sometimes when you're dealing with criticism, you'll feel like it's a threat to your very existence. You'll feel like it's a threat to your very life because it comes with the territory. Let me tell you, the more you achieve, the more attacks you will arouse. The more you achieve, please write that down. Tweet it to me. Do an instant story with it. The more you achieve, the more attacks you will arouse. Because the higher you go, the bigger the target you become. So they threaten his life in verse 10. In verse 11, but I said, should such a man as I run away, shut your mouth. Nehemiah said, you don't know what type of man I am. Nehemiah said, I have come from the bottom and now I'm here. I have been through attacks. I have been through criticism. I've been through people trying to stop me. I literally went from the cupbearer to now being the governor uh, uh, de facto in many ways um, to where I have got a special envoy from the king to rebuild my city. He says, I'm not the type of man that runs. And I need you to hear me, leader. You are not the type of leader that gives up. You're not the type of leader that runs. You modify, you adjust, you get better because you realize it's not what I'm carrying. It's the way I'm carrying it. Come on, leader. It's not what I'm carrying. It's the way I'm carrying it. So if it feels too heavy, it's not what I'm carrying. It's the way I'm carrying it. He goes on uh, and he says, uh, verse 15. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month of Elul in 52 days. Verse 16, here's the celebration. And when all of our enemies heard of it, all the nations around us were afraid. Why? Because he, he didn't let the criticism make him come down. He got better. He refined, but he learned, I'm not, I'm not fighting with you. I'm not coming down there. I'm not going to give up because of you. For they perceived 
that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. And there's a part in here I didn't read in the verse, verse 16. Um, and when all our enemies heard of it, all the nations around us were afraid and they fell greatly in their own esteem. For they perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. Sometimes you have people that are against you, don't like you, criticizing you, all of that. And the reality is it has nothing to do with you. It's because their own esteem has deteriorated because they're seeing what God is doing through you. And can I be honest with you? Pray for them, but that is not your problem. That's not your issue with yourself and what you are building. Let me cover you in prayer. Father, I pray for this amazing leader. I pray that they would hear this, they, they would implement this, and they would handle criticism the right way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Leaders, if this was a blessing to you, so again, how could you do it? Harvestchurch.church um, forward slash give. You can use PayPal, Venmo, Zelle. That's hello at harvestchurch.church. You can also use the cash app, Bishop Foreman with the number one, or Harvest Church Give. Much love to you and stay connected. Again, you can find out everything on our website and in our app, harvestchurch.church. Love you. Shalom. Hey, Cricket customers, Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Nice. Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Yeah. Phone plan, streams, and standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See CricketWireless.com for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.